Hi there, everyone. Welcome to 2022. Praise God that we are here and that we have Jesus. I want to share with you a message that I'm hoping will really inspire you as you prepare for this year. And it's entitled The Responsibility Factor. The Responsibility Factor. As we embrace 2022, I believe that the big game changer in what I call the science of personal success is actually personal responsibility. When we look at personal mastery, and uh, personal mastery I describe as being the science of replicable success, repeatable success, success that you can actually predict. I believe that people who take responsibility for key aspects of their lives have a greater chance of goal attainment. You can't talk about success in life without talking about goals and attaining those goals. All right. So a lot of children are growing up into adults who don't take responsibility for their lives because they were never given such responsibility in the first place. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I believe that one of the marks of adulthood, one of the key marks of being an adult is taking responsibility. At some point, we must realize that we're responsible for our lives and God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So he's, got, he's given us the ability, the power to take responsibility, right? This is going to be a year of taking responsibility. And I believe that that's the game changer. It might be challenging to do so, but it is only when we start taking responsibility that we start truly living with dignity. We shift into adulthood. The reality is that success is not going to be handed over to you on some silver platter. If you look at Galatians 6 verse 5, the Bible says, For each one should carry their own load. Each one should carry their own load. Find out what your load is in life and carry it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, scripture reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. That's personal accountability. That's personal responsibility. Jim Rohn said, You must take personal responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances the seasons, or the wind, but you can change yourself. I have to find out what am I responsible for in this life, and I have to literally devote myself to taking responsibility in those specific areas. I'm telling you right now, this is a massive game changer in life. When someone takes personal responsibility, they can identify with most of these statements that I'm going to share with you. I am accountable for my actions. Can you identify with that statement? I'm accountable for my actions. I create my own life. I can shape my mood. You know that you can do that. You can decide this is the emotional state I'm going to be in, right? I choose how I respond. I choose how I respond. W. Clement Stone said, if you realize that you have created your current conditions, 
then you can uncreate them and recreate them at will. That's the power we have. Another statement you might be able to identify with is this one. Happiness is a choice. I'm not a victim. You see, so many people's lives are so externally referenced. When my hubby starts doing A, B, C, D, then I'll feel happy. When my wife stops doing X, Y, Z, then I will feel happy. No, happiness is a choice. Another powerful statement, I'm not destroyed by my experiences, but by the stories I tell myself about those experiences. Again, very powerful. What story are you telling yourself? You're in charge of those stories. I have the courage to accept the consequences of my actions, my decisions, and my mistakes. In Proverbs 28 verse 13, it reads, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Are you willing to take responsibility for your mistakes? I will stop blaming or complaining. And I've said this many times before, but when you blame someone else or something else, you deny yourself the power to change. This was Cain's issue, wasn't it? He didn't take responsibility. He played the victim. Resentment then developed and the resentment turned into bitterness and then he killed his brother. If you look at Genesis chapter 4 verses 6 through to 7, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And God has given us the power to rule over sin. I don't take things personally. That's someone who's strong when it comes to responsibility. I'm not going to take things personally. In most aspects of my life, I have the power to choose. Jack Canfield stated, if you want to be successful, you have to take 100% responsibility for everything that you experience in your life. This includes the level of your achievements, the results you produce, the quality of your relationships, the state of your health and your physical fitness, your income, your debts, your feelings, everything. Most of us have been conditioned to blame something outside of ourselves for the parts of our life we don't like. Very powerful statement. Most of us have been conditioned to blame something outside of ourselves for the parts of our life we don't like. Now, the reality is that bad things do happen to good people and not everything that happens to you is your fault. However, you can determine what your attitude is going to be. Like someone once said, your attitude determines your altitude. See, taking responsibility for your life is a major shift. It's not always going to be easy. It will involve being honest with people in order to correct their current perception of a situation. What does that look like for you? It means that you're responsible for initiating difficult conversations. Often when I coach people, one of the key solutions I'm often giving people involves a difficult conversation. It involves explaining X, Y, Z to your boss explaining yourself to your spouse, confessing this particular issue. You are responsible for being transparent about your strengths and your weaknesses, where you can actually say to people, you know what, 
this is what I'm weak at, guys. I'm actually not that good at this. I know that you see me this way, but I'm actually like this. You're responsible for having those conversations instead of just projecting an ideal image of yourself. So this journey of taking responsibility, it's not always that easy. It involves facing things in life. Sometimes you have to face yourself. Sometimes you have to face your work. Sometimes you'll have to face other people. What do I mean by that? Facing yourself might be having conversations with yourself where you say, you know what, I'm actually quite disorganized. You know what, I'm actually not good at implementing certain things. I need people to help me with this. You know what, I tend to procrastinate. Or you can also face yourself positively where you actually say positive things like, you know what, I'm actually much smarter than some of the things that I'm doing, right? You can do that. So there's facing yourself. There's also facing your work where you realize, I'm not cut out to do this. I've just been doing this particular job because I was trying to impress my dad. I was trying to please that authority figure over there, right? That's facing your work. Again, it involves difficult conversations sometimes where you have to face up to that with your boss and actually have a conversation around it, right? It also involves facing others where you might have to actually say to certain people, you're right. I have actually been ignoring you. I believe that friendship needs to be mutual, but the last three times we've had a conversation, you've wanted something from me, right? And it's having that conversation with someone. I think we need to take it from the top. I think we need to redefine this relationship. So facing yourself, facing your work, and facing others is central to taking responsibility. Now, in this message, I would like us to focus on what I call the five L's of personal responsibility, okay? And I want to encourage you to discuss these with others, maybe in your small groups, uh, maybe in your personal accountability uh, triplets, if you've got any, all right? And examine the ones you need to work on. These are my five L's of personal responsibility. The first one is to do with leading. It's to do with leading. You are responsible to lead in whatever sphere of life God has given you. It might just be with your children. You are responsible to teach them. You're responsible to discipline them. You're responsible to give them the necessary tools to do what they need to do. See, often we blame our kids and we say, oh, they're not doing this. Oh, they're not listening to me. Oh, they can't even do the dishes. But have you taught them? And are there consequences when they don't do what you've asked them to do? This is so crucial. So we are responsible to lead the people that God has called us to lead, right? Think about the people you care about the most. What do they need from you that only you can give? Then give them that. The rest you can delegate, but give them that. You see, they are watching you. Don't cause them to stumble. If you look in scripture, just look at what Jesus said about those who will cause one of these little ones to stumble, right? So ask yourself, to whom has God called me? He's called you to your children. He's called you to those you're discipling, right? Those you're leading, maybe in the workplace, you're responsible to lead. You know, there have been times in our household where my wife might say, oh, our helper hasn't done A, B, C, D. And I always like to go back to the leadership question. What is our role as leaders when it came to that particular situation? Did we train them enough? Were we clear in our instruction? The second L I want to share with you is let go. Let go. You see, you're responsible to let go. Life is too short for you to hold grudges. Remember that for the most part, people don't do things to you. They do things for themselves. 
People don't go all out just because they want to hurt you for the most part. They're doing it for themselves. Yet so often we play the victim. Stop playing the victim. You see, worrying about other people's behavior is one of the biggest time wasters. Think of how much time you spend worrying about how someone else was behaving. All right? You can't really control that, can you? So let go. Because if you keep holding on to those particular things, you're just poisoning yourself. You see, you're responsible for what has mind share. You're responsible for your own thoughts. Letting go means getting rid of stinking thinking, what we call stinking thinking, right? Each time you think certain thoughts, ask yourself, is this helping me or is it actually harming me? Is this contributing to my life or is it contaminating my life? Ask yourself, what else could be true when you're about to make a judgment and blame someone else? Ask yourself, what else could be true about this matter? You know, I've got these emotional trigger cards that I use in some of my sessions. And um, I remember one time a lady pulled out one and the one she chose was chauvinism. And she said, this is a trigger for me. And I said, what does it look like? And she said, when I'm walking past that particular boardroom, if I just see it's only men there, oh, Paula just does something to me. Key question to ask in that situation is what else could be true? Maybe those men have invited women to those meetings, but women haven't pitched up. Maybe when you walked past that particular boardroom, it was during August, the month of the women's month. And the women who usually are in that meeting were not there because they're at a women's event. Okay. When you ask yourself that question, what else could be true? It liberates you so much and you learn to suspend judgment. Let go. Let go. Life is too short. Are you holding a grudge right now? One of the things which helps me when I start having critical thoughts towards others, I ask myself the question, Paul, have you also done that thing? Paul, have you also got that weakness right now? And very quickly I realize I've done it. I don't remember any time in my life where I've asked myself that question and I could safely say, I've never done that thing or I'm not like that at all. Somehow the Holy Spirit will remind me of a failure in my life in that specific area. You see, that's why the Bible says, be careful. Why do you pick out the speck in your brother's eye while you've got a beam in your own eye? First deal with your beam before you start criticizing someone else, before you try and correct them. So important. So ask yourself those questions. What is going to contribute to my life and focus on those particular thoughts, right? In Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Make it your goal that in this year, in 2022, you're going to let go and you're going to let go quickly. You're not going to hold on to things. So important. So the first area and the first L we looked at was leading. The second one was letting go. The third one is level up. Level up. You are responsible to level up. Very important. To level up is to increase something in order to remove disparity. In what aspects of your life are you functioning below par? And this is where some of us who are usually conceited, where we've got a higher estimation of ourselves than we ought, we need to be honest with ourselves, right? Remember 
This is based on your calling, not on comparisons with others around you. See, sometimes we think we are wonderful because we're comparing ourselves to average people around us. But you have to compare yourself with your calling based on what Jesus has called you to do, where you're at. In Ephesians 4 verse 1, I love this scripture. It says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You see, your lifestyle has to match your calling. You know, in gaming, in the world of gaming, which I'm not really big into, right? Leveling up means to gain enough points in a game to enable a player to go up to a higher level. You see, at what level are you supposed to be operating right now? Don't compare yourself with others, but compare yourself with your calling. Compare yourself with your potential. Think of your calling. Think of your responsibilities. In what areas of your life do you need to level up? Is it in how you love your spouse? Is it in how much time you spend with your kids? Is it in prayer? Is it in your time management? Leveling up is your responsibility. Stop saying, when they stop doing this to me, then I will start doing that. All right? Don't base your attitudes. Don't base your values. Don't base your behavior on how others treat you. Don't stoop down to their level. Just do what you see your father in heaven doing. That's what Jesus modeled for us. He says, I do only what I'm seeing my father doing. What's the blueprint you're seeing in heaven? for your life. Level up this year to that. The fourth L I want to look at is learn. Learn. You know that one of the basic needs we have as human beings is the need to learn because it's through learning that you grow. It's through learning that you grow. You are responsible for what you learn. Learning is the acquisition of knowledge with a resultant behavioral and attitudinal change. That's my definition of learning. It's where you acquire knowledge, but it's got a resultant behavioral and attitudinal change. What is God calling you to learn right now? Are there certain aspects of Christian doctrine that you need to master? Is there a skill you need to master? You see, first of all, you have to have the desire to level up. And then at a certain point, you have to take responsibility for the learning involved. And you know what? It doesn't always involve doing a formal course. Very often it involves learning to read. And I always say leaders are readers. God has given you a mind. God has given you a mind. He's also given you relational assets. And it's about connecting with these people and saying, I just want to pick your brain. You see, for so many people, they never end up learning. They never end up growing because they always want to be the person who knows the most in a room. No, hire people who are better than you, right? Uh, surround yourself with people who are more knowledgeable. And when you're with them, just stop talking for a while and ask them more than two questions deep. It's amazing what ends up happening. God has blessed you with a mind. God has given you the capacity to study. Take responsibility for what you know and what you don't know. Let me tell you something. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. Ask yourself, what do I need to master in this season? Are there aspects of the Christian life that you like to read about because that's your area and you just feel like, oh, I come alive when I read about that. And you've ignored certain things that you actually need to learn in order to just cope in life. It might not be your favorite topic, but you need to know those particular things. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, 
a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Some translations will say, study, study to present yourself as such. Study as a workman who will be approved. Very important. The scary thing about learning and knowing a lot is that more is expected of us. That's the scary thing. And are you ready to put into practice that which you learn about? You see, learning is not just about acquisition of knowledge. It's about putting it into practice. There's a responsibility that comes with learning and with growth. You see, for many of you who are readers, you've been reading up on certain things. You've been researching certain things. But now the question is, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? In Luke 12, verse 48, it says, But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And that much includes the knowledge you have. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. In James 4, verse 17, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, and doesn't do it, it is sin for him. We've been learning a lot. We learned a lot throughout 2021, through our experiences, through revelation, through study, through what we were being taught. I believe that this will be a year of us, 2022, taking responsibility for what we know. We're responsible to learn, but we also have to put it into practice. And then the fifth L I want to share with you is leave a legacy. This is a basic need for any human being to leave a legacy. And I'm at that stage in my life where I've been reflecting and I've been saying to myself, I want to leave a mark on this earth. I want to make my life count, you know. And usually when you reach a certain age, you begin to think differently, don't you? You don't want to just be a one hit wonder. You want to do things where you're really pouring yourself into that thing and that thing outlives you. You see, often at a certain age, there's a shift in values, isn't there? You're no longer thinking short term. You want to leave a mark. You want to impact lives. Relationships begin to really matter. And you know what? It's your responsibility to figure out what your it is and to pour yourself into that it. And when I talk about an it, I'm talking about that X factor you have, that thing that God placed in you where he says, I want you to be an instrument on this, on this earth for this particular reason. It's important to understand that Jesus knew it for himself. For this reason, the son of man was sent. He could articulate his purpose, right? Can you? You know, what I've realized is that most people are known for what they're average at. But one of the keys to leaving a legacy is learning how to function from your high leverage activities. In other words, those areas of your life where you do it with minimal input, but guess what? The impact is awesome, amazing. What's that for you? Some of the questions I like asking people when I'm helping them with their life purpose to discover what their high leverage activities are, are these ones. And I'm going to ask them to you and you can even jot down your response. For what do you receive the most compliments? For what do you receive the most compliments? Okay, that gives you an idea of your high leverage activities. What are people praising you for? For what are you the go-to person? You know, when people need such and such done, you're just that person, right? What comes to you easily where others seem to struggle? To a point where people will ask you, how do you do that? And you're like, I just do it. 
that thing that you can do without much training, you're brilliant at it. But you've noticed other people seem to struggle in that particular area. I'm trying to show you how to leave a legacy, not based on what you average at, but based on your high leverage activities. That's where your legacy lies. What comes to you easily when, where others seem to struggle? What do you do that is high impact yet requires relatively little effort on your part? Okay, so people come to you and they say, wow, thank you for the sacrifice you made in this area. We really appreciate all your hard work. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you know you just winged it. What's that area of your life? What do you get so absorbed doing that you lose track of time? When you're doing this particular thing, you get so absorbed doing it that you actually lose track of time. People have to come to you and say, it's dinner time now. It's supper time now. Please come. Right? Because you lose track of time because you get so immersed in it. What's that for you? If I were to wake you up at 2 a.m., I give you a phone call and I ask you to do this particular thing, you'd quite happily do it without complaining or grumbling at 2 a.m. What's that for you? Those things that you've written out where you're answering that particular question, that gives you a key to where your legacy lies, where you really shine. You see, what happens is often we've got this fixed mindset about success in life. So we look at certain people who we admire and we're like, oh, they were just born on the right side of the railway track. That's why they're so good at that. That's why they're so good at this. But then when you think about it, you realize, no, you know what? I'm just as smart as them, right? I'm just as smart as them. The reason they're so good at that is they discovered their purpose in life. They discovered their high leverage activities and they spend most of their time doing that thing. So they gain a lot of practice doing it, and so they become brilliant at it, all right? Sadly, I sometimes ask people and I say, what you really enjoy doing, you feel strong when you're doing it, and many people are blessed as a result of you doing that particular thing. They mention what it is, then I say, how much of your time do you spend doing that? It could be a work-related situation. And you hear people saying 5%, 7%, 13%. My job as a coach often is to say, how can we get you from that 13% to 75% where you're spending most of your time doing what you're actually good at? That's where you leave a legacy. So, so important. You know, leaving a legacy involves excelling at what you have been called to do and also imparting and activating this greatness into others. So important. In the book of Psalms 78 verse 6, it says, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. So when you pour into the next generation, they can then pour into the generation after that. Do you have a vision for leaving a legacy? This is beyond finance. It's beyond material things. It's to be able to instill a value system into people. It's to be able to impart a greatness, a spiritual greatness into people to pass on what God has placed in you. God is multi-generational and we need to also think in that way. The book of Psalms 112 verses 1 to 2, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. 
it's not just about me being blessed. It's not just about me delighting in the Lord. It's about ensuring that I pass something on to the next generation so that my children are mighty in the land. And I'm talking biological children. I'm talking spiritual children. How many of you have a vision for that next generation to be mighty? Not to just survive, but to be mighty in the land. You know, God has called us to have a vision for the next generation. And uh, Jonathan Edwards had such a great influence on the Great Awakening in the 1700s. He was based in the eastern seaboard of the United States. And him and his wife, Sarah, they actually had uh, 11 children that grew to adulthood. And they would include them in Bible study. They would have discussions with them around uh, theological themes and so on. And there's... uh, a record that was done um, by Elizabeth uh, Dodds. Um, it was based on a study by A.E. Winship in 1900, in which he lists a few of the accomplishments of the 1,400 Edwards um, of Edwards' descendants that he was able to find. And look what he found: 100 lawyers and a dean of a law school, 80 holders of public office. 66 physicians and a dean of a medical school, 65 professors of college and universities, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, three mayors of large cities, three governors of states, three United States senators, one controller of the United States treasury, one vice president of the United States, right? all stemming from this. And a lot of these people we're talking about would have had a biblical Christian worldview based on their ancestry. You are responsible to make your life count. I want to encourage each one of us as we embark on this journey of 2022. Praise God that it's a new year and we've got an opportunity to start uh, on a clean slate. I want to encourage you to look at those five L's and to ask yourself, where am I at in this? How effective am I in terms of how I'm going to lead? How effective am I in how I'm going to let go? So crucial. How effective am I when it comes to leveling up? How effective am I when it comes to learning and taking responsibility for what I learn? God has given me a mind. He's given me the ability to aspire. That means to dream, right? And then to leave a legacy. I am responsible for all those things. Stop blaming other people. When you blame someone else or something else, you're denying yourself the ability to change. Let's take ownership this year and let's make our lives count. It's up to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you want to do in 2022. Thank you, God, that we are alive and well in this year. Thank you that you've brought us thus far, Ebenezer. We open our hearts to you, Lord, and we ask for your divine assistance. Help us to fully embrace this game changer, to take accountability, to have whatever difficult conversations we need to have, to face whatever we need to face, whether it's facing ourselves, facing our work, facing others, and making those bold choices. Lord, we choose to take responsibility and to stop blaming others for our lives. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.